Welcome to the Yerky Boys. May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. My name is Will. My name is Jonathan. And we are the Yerky Boys. Boys. All right. That sounded like it was in sync that time. So I intentionally came in much earlier than I thought I needed to. So maybe that's the trick. I I think it's going to work in the future. (laughs) Well, if it works on our third try, that's pretty good. I thought it would take 25 episodes. (laughs) Well, we're pros at this. We learn fast. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I I, I liked your addition there. Thank you. That's that's nice about the Candrona rays. Yeah, we're going to keep updating it as the books go along. We'll figure out. We'll get a rhythm. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good idea. Now, this is our yep. first podcast since we've launched to the public. That's true. It is. Yeah. The, the uh, Everybody the, can hear us now. Yeah. The response has been overwhelming, too. <laughs> the response has been overwhelming. I just want to say, according to our stats uh, on Anchor.fm, we have an audience size of 24. Wow. That's pretty good. Now, does that mean um, 24 people have listened to us or what does that mean in audience size? That is the number of different devices that have either downloaded or streamed us in the past week. That's pretty good uh, because, you know, I can only account for like (laughs) three or four of them (laughs) in terms of people that I know. Yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Like 14 of them are me on different IPs. Oh, okay. That's still pretty, pretty good. So it's, I mean, now it's possible people aren't going to listen to this one after they heard (laughs) the other ones. Yeah, we'll see if our stats go down or up. (laughs) But uh, if if, if even just one person is listening, that's very exciting because we're not going to stop anyway. But if if people do like it and want to spread the word, spread the love, that would be nice. Yeah. And maybe someday we could have three dozen people. Wow. Yeah, maybe. Now, I want to there's some stuff I want to say, some cleanup stuff at the top of the show, but I don't know if you have anything else you want to introduce. I mean, we'll we'll get to it when we start talking about the books, but uh, if you have cleanup, let's get it clean. (laughs) Basically, last week, the book was so had so much to talk about that there were a few things that I just forgot to say and we wouldn't have had time for. But this week. Uh, should this book is a little bit less important than the first book. So we should have more time to mess around, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, in in terms of just cleanup from the last book, like the the few things that I forgot to say, I think are more general and I can Mm. just integrate them into this thing. I mean, really the only thing that I kind of came away from last podcast with was that like, I'm a lot more hyped for this now because I was not sure like where we were going to be, like if you were going to come in and hate it. And it really felt like we're sort of on the same page. I think that, that a lot of, I don't know, you you had a lot of opinions that kind of synced up with where I am with the series. uh, And I'm excited to, to go through it more now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our, our media tastes tend to align most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, that, uh, well, that's the most is the, <laughs> the most worry. Of the, most of the time. Well, uh, well the first thing I we, we must mention, and I think especially now that we have 24 listeners, is that <laughs> completely by coincidence, happenstance, uh, on February 7th, an article was posted to Polygon.com titled 
it's 2023 and we're all reading Animorphs. And I, I, I sent this to you. Yes. I I had forgotten about that, but you did show me. I feel this is a, I mean, this is like a good omen that we we just are launching this podcast and this website is also like, Mm -hmm. Hey, Animorphs, it's in the zeitgeist. Maybe we got our finger on the pulse. I guess. I I don't know if it's true, but they say it is. Yeah. All of them are that all of the, you know, the one or two, uh, the writer and all. Who approved that <laughs> maddie myers of polygon.com senior games editor wow their senior games the senior editor. games yeah that's not the junior games editor yeah she's a fan of uh street fighter and she writes synth pop music wow by the way that that reminds me i have i have even more now th- this no, never mind. I, we're, we're boring the shit out of people who just want to hear about Animorphs. So I'm going to just stick to Animorphs now. We've done enough intro stuff. Uh, just a couple <laughs> things that are very general that yeah. I, I want to like say the, about Animorphs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the first thing is, and this is something that's going to come up in every book, I think, that I could I could probably save for any episode. But it feels good to establish it now as a, as a foundation. The, the I don't, we didn't I don't I don't think really talk that much about the fact that these books are written uh, a, as if they are sharing a secret with us, right? Like these books are yes. written uh, like like it's not just a, a a an omniscient narrator. The characters are sharing the story of the Yerks with us. Yes. Um. Now I think this conceit is very cool and it like it, it does it grips you and it's you're like, oh, this is like some secret shit I gotta know about. This is this is interesting. This is government conspiracies and these kids have cracked it. I gotta read these books. Uh but at the same time, a lot of it I, I'm not sure how much sense it makes. <laughs> Mainly no. I, I get my question is, is this one hundred percent is it just a conceit? like for the for the books to give them a, a point of view or is there ever a point in these in this story where like literally they're like we need to write this down are we supposed to believe these books are actually coming out like while this is happening or is it there's a it just it's fictional and don't worry about that yeah i mean so i i would say it's fictional and don't worry about it the idea that the books exist is never like canon to the book story you know this isn't the dark tower or whatever um you are the the books take place as they come out right like yeah you know the books come out from like 96 to 2000 or whatever that's the time period they take place over the books come out about once a month that's how frequently the events in the books happen um so like they are supposed to be concurrent with their release but like, no, they don't exist in their universe. The kids aren't really talking to you. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense at all. Um, <laughs> like, I, for like they, they start every book and they say, you know, well, like in this one, my name is Rachel, but, you know, I can't tell you my last name because then they'd find me. Uh, I'm just going to say at the end when their identities are made public, her first name is Rachel. Like she didn't change her first name. That was to... my uh, another question I had was yeah like why is your first name okay to reveal? Yeah, <laughs> no, but where where do we live? Who knows? It's only you know in the same city where we fight Visser three every time. And where do we go to school? Uh, we go to school in the school with 
you know, assistant principal Chapman, and that is actually his full name. And, uh, you know, right. which kid am I? I'm Rachel, uh, who did this, this, and this. And yes, my name is Rachel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not, they're not doing a great job covering their tracks. It's, right. So, okay. So basically just like, I, I wouldn't, I wish, I guess in my head canon, maybe they're all keeping journals. Maybe it's all diaries or something. And that's, and it's like, they've got a note on it. That's like publish this if I die or something. Mm. Maybe, I don't know. Or it's like, it's like a Rorschach thing where he drops it in the mailbox at the end of the book. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's funny because like, if I think about it from like a, late 90s perspective it just feels like wow that's so dangerous writing it all down in a diary where anybody could find it and read it but now from the 2020s perspective i've I've just been thinking that's smart to write it in a diary as opposed to like post stuff online where anybody could see it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's their zanga you remember zanga i I do remember (laughs) zanga (laughs) people listening to the animorphs podcast will remember zanga they they will 100 percent all right. Well, any, that, that was it. That was the big thing that I was that was just sticking in my craw and I had to uncraw okay. it. I'm glad that you uncrawed it. And it, yeah. and it is relevant to this one. Um, it's relevant to the. Well, we'll we'll maybe talk about it a little if we feel like it. We'll see. All right. Uh, but this book here is The Visitor. So we're on book two here. Um, <clears throat> so let's yeah. uh, let's look at the cover. <laughs> Let's look at the cover. We got Rachel turning into a cat. Um, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. We got uh, we got a quote that says, "No one knows who they are because they're so <laughs> secret." No, no ellipses. Just just a sentence. Oh no, period. there's 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 ellipses on mine. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh you know Do what? You... Oh, interesting. Well, no, I just I didn't I didn't have it handy, so I just Googled it. And some mm. of them do, and some of them don't. Maybe for some reason, the, the one on Seropedia does not, but other ones oh, I see do. Maybe well, later this, editions removed it. That's strange. I wonder I wonder what edition this is, because this is I had to replace my copy of this book. Uh, and it actually has the same damage that my one as a kid had, where uh, <laughs> in the little cutout on the face, the right uh, whiskers of the cat are uh, like peeling back. I'm pretty sure that's just if you like slide it in and out of other books, that area catches. Or maybe mm. it's my book. Maybe they sold me my book back. <laughs> maybe that it made its way around back to you. I think that could be what happened. Yeah, it could be. Um, but, but yeah, uh, there's a lot more. Rachel's a lot more like clearly drawn. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Like it's it, you can it's not really. It doesn't look like it's meant to be realistic. It looks like an illustration. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. And, and so they're still finding their style on that for sure. Yeah, it's a little it it looks a little less freaky than the first <laughs> cover. Yeah, I think part of it also is just that the middle stages she just looks like a cat girl and <laughs> like you know, that's just a normal thing you see. Uh you don't really <laughs> see the lizard men or any of these other weird things <laughs> that is true also like the second uh transition is hiding behind her face yeah like, that you, you, probably would be the weirdest one you can't see any i feel like on most of the later ones every stage is fairly clear yeah like, visible these stages also are all uh like drawn 
And I feel like some of the later ones, the first one you said, it's got like a reboot thing going on. And the later ones, I, I think that they use like actual photographs of the kids and then a drawing of the bird. And they really do look like they somehow photoshopped the middle stages, I think, more. Um, I'll, I'll look at it again when I get there. I was never hugely paying attention to the covers as a kid, but you, know, <laughs> you gotta, gotta look. it's important. It's important. It stuff. is important. And actually we didn't go over the inner cover last mm, time, but I really right. want to make sure that you see the inner cover on this one. Cause it's pretty good. Uh, if you don't see it, I can send it to you right now. Um, is it, is it just, it looks like the cat in the doorway with the it, light coming it in? It sure does. Yeah. I yeah. sent it to you too, but I guess you okay. it. it's a <laughs> heck of a cat. It's a, it's a good looking cat. It's a, it's a pretty nice looking cat. I, I, I like him. He's got, he's got some style to him. Yeah. He's got swagger. Swagger. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. No, it's, it's a nice, I mean, honestly, that's a, it's a pretty nice drawing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> it's fun. I, I think some of these drawings are going to get a little bonkers, but uh, yeah, yeah, I like this. You could you could definitely get this uh, a little cat picture going on here. Yeah, I could see that on a nice black T-shirt. <laughs> I'd wear that. Well, yeah, uh, God, they need Animorphs T-shirt. They should just have a T-shirt oh, for every book cover. They should. That's a good point. Yeah, where's the merch? We'll get to merch. All right, but yeah, that's. We- yeah, we will. Uh, but yeah, uh, jumping into the book here. Um, Let's jump. I mean, I mean, just for first, like, basic overview, basic ideas here. I will say this is not one of the ones when I was a kid that I reread heavily. Uh, I think this was one of the last ones of the first 20 that I bought. Um, you know, rereading as an adult, I'm always going all the way through. But as a kid, I just picked my favorites. Um and this mm-hmm. one's definitely a lot more grounded, I think, than than the first one. Like a lot less crazy, high concept sci fi stuff, and a lot more, just like what I what you might expect if you said they turn into animals. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, there's still you know there's still aliens and spaceships. Uh, they just don't quite yeah. feel the need to explain as much of the intricacies of it, I guess. Yeah, and I also feel like they aren't as present throughout. I mean. Maybe you disagree with that, but uh, well, well, I mean, I think it's uh, by default. How could it? How could it be more present? The first book is so <laughs> ludicrous. Like, yeah, there's yeah. gonna be less. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, when we uh, when we start off in this book, I guess we can jump into it. Uh, so you start off with a scene where they're all flying around as birds. Uh, so they've all acquired their bird morphs, and it. I believe, I don't know if it explicitly says it, that this is the first time that they're flying. Uh, most of them, except Tobias. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, and this is interlaced with that intro that I was telling you about that they're going to do in every single book. Yeah, uh, which I, I will say, you know, you warned me of the <laughs> retelling uh, of everything. Now, I don't know if it's, I'll get sick of it in more books or if it gets worse or something, but I actually found the way they did it, that it's like interspersed and it's, it's fairly brief, all things considered. I didn't really mind it. I I thought it was going to literally be like chapter one. We Mm -hmm. need to remind you of that time that the aliens came down and like, it was going to be a straight up 
retelling mm-hmm. of like previously on. But I thought it was pretty more elegantly done than that. Yeah, I think it gets a little bit worse. Uh, but it's also hard to say because part of it is also just if you do the same pre- like it. You know, when you're on book 30, they're not saying previously on this is book 20. They're saying previously on this is book one again, because <laughs> uh, book one told you everything you needed to know. So at a certain point, it just starts getting extremely old, at least to me. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, yeah. I yeah. That. Um, but yeah, flying around as birds here, uh, we see Rachel is a bald eagle. Um, I don't know if they tell you that Jake is a peregrine falcon. And, they did, they uh, did. Okay, and and Cassie and Marco are ospreys, which I'm pretty sure they didn't tell us. Mm. Um, and I will say, I think that's a little weird that Cassie, because you know, presumably these are all from the barn, right? I, I guess Cassie's Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. It's a little weird that they're all hurt at the same time, and not you know the the other four turned into the same bird that she happened to have. I have a theory that maybe Cassie is hurting these birds. <laughs> She's a little, she's a little serial killer in the making, and, and maybe she got Tobias and was like, "I need you to go bully some birds." <laughs> yeah, yeah, important mission. I, yeah, that sounds right. Right, and because you don't go to school anymore, what are you going to do? Yeah, actually, can a can you acquire a morph if you're in animal form, or do you have to be a human? You cannot. You have to be in your regular form. Mm, okay, so they, he couldn't just drop them as a as a flee onto a bird or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah no he couldn't do that um, oh well oh well yeah uh, or you or be a gorilla or whatever to hold the <laughs> tiger in place <laughs> anyway while they're flying there uh they start getting shot at by these two teenage punks who are drinking underage <laughs> um <laughs> there's some uh really good dialogue here they <laughs> Uh, because they decide that what they're going to do about this instead of fly away is that uh, Rachel steals their gun and Marco steals their beer and they dump them off as birds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a little ridiculous. Uh, it's uh, I mean, it's it's a good it's a good opening. It's a good opening. Everyone's happy being a bird, uh, but they, mm-hmm. you know, you you think like, oh, they're going to get to have a little fun, but like page three, it's like no, they're being shot at. <laughs> yeah. Like, Okay. All right. We're getting started early, I guess. I, I just want to read some of the lines that these guys say here. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah. They go, uh, that bird has your gun, Chester, and that other one stole my beer. That ain't right. <laughs> ain't right that no bird should take my rifle like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I have, I have that one. Yeah. Ain't right that no bird should take my rifle like that. <laughs> it's It's quite good. Um, yeah, they usually with these stories, they, they intro them with, uh, you know, they're like, oh, we shouldn't use our, um, our morphs for personal stuff. So they intro every story with them doing some personal stuff with it. Uh, there'll always be some tiny little no stakes thing where they fuck around. Uh, (laughs) There's kind of, I guess this is kind of anti drinking. (laughs) I, I don't know that they, they take their beer away. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Marco's like, aren't you a little young to be drinking or whatever? Yeah, it sounds like he says that sarcastically, but I yeah, guess, I, don't I think know. if Marco were a couple of years older, he'd be drinking too. So. <laughs> um, now, I mean, I'm also wondering if they're running around as birds, 
I mean, I, 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 I'm just wondering, are they just like just constantly shitting out their cloacas the whole time? Or do you think they, <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's what birds do. I don't, I don't, are they I, doing that? I feel like there's at least one scene where they poop on someone in these books. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's Visser 3 in Human Morph. <laughs> All right. So they, right. I, I think they can. I don't Good to know. Good to know. Um, <laughs> to, I mean, Tobias just, he's just fucking clawing at these guys' heads in this. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Tobias loves to claw. That's, it's like, that's, <laughs> you, a fucking hawk yeah. getting its talons in your face. That is yeah. violent. <laughs> yeah. There's no way around it. Like, you can't write that to be, like, cute and fun. It's like, no, that's going to blind you or some shit. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's well, dark. they were shooting at they were shooting at a bald eagle. Is what they were doing. Yeah, that's not. Come on. Yeah, that's unless just... it's a symbol for America, then that's cool to do. But right. <laughs> if it's just an eagle, sometimes an eagle is just an eagle. Uh, I also, <laughs> sorry, I had I don't I, I had too many things. Um, I did write peregrine falcons are cool as hell. That's why I know that it was in there. Um, because yeah. I don't know if it was because of this book or if this was just a thing that was pushed to kids, but I definitely thought Peregrine Falcons were like the coolest things when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, they are really cool. I mean, it, the books will tell you over and over again, uh, you know, they're, they are the fastest uh, <laughs> birds, you know, when they dive, they hit 200 miles an hour or whatever. Isn't, um, is Power Rangers, White Rangers, doesn't he also have a falcon? Is there, or is that, or am I making I, that up? I don't remember. Is there a Falcon or somebody's name just sound like Falcon? I don't know. I just feel like there was some other stuff that was Falcony. Captain Falcon? <laughs> That's what it is. Captain Falcon. I, yeah. And, and Falcon from Star Fox. Yeah. I love I loved those guys. Um, um, an- another uh, quote uh, uh, at this point, after they are all done flying, Jake says that was so absolute. Oh yeah, I have that too. Is that did anyone say, I mean that that is clearly like of the 90s. I just don't know if that's something people actually said or if that's something you say when you're trying to imitate how people talked in the 90s. Yeah, it sounds like a like from Clueless or something. <laughs> Not real life. Uh, Maybe it's from Rocket Power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess that's right. You know, out there in, in California, things are different over there. Yeah, <laughs> that line is followed up by a little bit of an uh oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, where is. he he says, uh, <laughs> as returning to human, he says, "It's like now being back in a human body. I feel like I'm handicapped or something." Uh oh, yeah. And then Cassie says, "And blind." human eyes are so lame for seeing things far away and they really packed in all the ableist language they could in that paragraph i wonder if they changed that in the in the new ones or let me the tell new you ones, the new ones are like 2011 though or something aren't they that might be too yeah like, i actually not in the woke I, era i wish i had thought to do this for the first episode i didn't even know they had it but i've i've got here a list of the differences the updates mm-hmm. And that's not one of them. So okay, I, okay. They so they didn't think to do that yet. No, I mean, fine. there's another line here uh, <laughs> because Marco gets on some uh, some bullshit <laughs> here, and it's quite good. Uh-huh. Uh, where he says, "I'm gonna, let me get the actual exact line here. I won't paraphrase." Yeah, please. 
Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, I know. I, yeah. I have the line. I know the line. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> he says, uh, the flying part is great, but it's not a good idea to be able to see that well. Uh, look, Jake, how many times have you been walking around the mall or whatever, and you'll see a girl who seems good looking from far off, but when you get closer, it turns out she's a skank. I mean, if you could see this well all the time. <laughs> Marco is in top form this book. <laughs> he really is. Ra- Rachel calls him out and he says, <clears throat> I quote, I wasn't being sexist. It goes both ways. See, from far off, I look taller than I am. <laughs> yeah, this is, I guess, our first also introduction that Marco is a little self-conscious about his height. Yeah, Marco's a bit of a manlet. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this was this was funny. Marco's funny. Uh, uh, Mark, but, I, yeah. yeah I, they, <laughs> were we talking earlier about which one of them would be the incel? I think this is why Marco is the top candidate. Yeah. Yeah, and there was a uh, they they changed the word skank to dog in the later edition, mm-hmm. which is not that much better. <laughs> it's not really better at all. It just yeah, I don't. Uh, listen, don't don't censor Marco's art. If anything, you know? it's just more accurate. Honestly, I think dog is actually better because <laughs> I'm not going to get into the 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 word usage here, but. <laughs> Anyway, that's that was a good line. I, Marco's uh, yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there was a reason I liked him. I mean, we'll get into it more as this book goes on, but this was the book last, you know, last episode we were saying we would be Marcos or who would we be or who we'd want to be. Yeah. This book, I was like, did I just, did I base my personality on Marco? <laughs> <laughs> uh. Is this why I am the way I am? <laughs> Uh, yeah but, but, yeah another thing okay we we didn't mention last book but i know you're gonna want to at least we should highlight it because it's in it was mm-hmm. here as well is the use of the word thermals yes yeah no i i think that's gonna come up probably every single book <laughs> <laughs> like that's anamorphs is one of those books where you this is where you learn what a thermal is. If you didn't read Animorphs as a kid, you don't know what the hell anyone's talking about when they say the thermals. But if you did, <laughs> you know, that's a little like passphrase, right? Yeah, yeah. They love the thermals. They love them. They're warm. The they feel thermals. good. I, I don't even know if we've uh, explained what a thermal is. Maybe we should just keep that a secret for viewers <laughs> in the know. Yeah, for all you viewers out there, you have to read the book if you want to know what a thermal is. <laughs> Our That's little secret. Right. Now they do describe um also Rachel describes the experience of speeding through the trees as a video game nightmare. I don't mm. there's just a lot of K Applegates like really is like kids relate to video games. <laughs> Throw in those video game comparisons when it doesn't yeah. really make sense. I don't know what like what what does that mean? <laughs> I yeah. don't know what that is. Well, it's like um it's like when you're doing your speeder through the forest in Star Wars. There was definitely some old like Star Wars game I played as a kid where you did that. Sure. I was never a gamer, so I, I have like one or two video game experiences from that age. Right. That's the one thing that keeps you from really being Marco. You haven't reached yeah. full Marco yet. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you got to play Dead Zone 5. <laughs> right. All I right. got to learn about the sleaze troll in the Nether Fjord. Okay. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah so yeah good 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 opening scene it's it's quite good um yeah 
they're when they're standing around talking after doing all this bird stuff uh jake reveals that he went in and looked and the old door to the yerk pool is gone so if they want to keep doing stuff with the yerks right they're they're out of leads they got to find a new lead here um marco of course is like we're not gonna do that um but they decide that well we can spy on chapman we can spy on the assistant principal chapman and they can do this because rachel and melissa chapman's daughter are slash were friends um yeah they're like not that close anymore yeah yeah i i I did i liked this um introduction of the melissa relationship because Mm -hmm. it was a, a lot of times in tv shows and uh, any like ongoing series like this it, it starts to get it's it can almost be unrealistic when you're like why are why do they only have these three friends they're the only people they talk to for their whole lives like yeah you know, usually, usually you're like at least like you kind of know that guy you kind of know that guy so i like that it's like oh like these are their people like she has another yeah. friend it's good yeah now, unfortunately, <laughs> does that never come up ever again? Is the- <laughs> we basically don't hear much about Melissa again after this book, which is sad because I actually really like this storyline. Um, that is it, surprising to me because Chapman yeah. is such an important character. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's um, it makes sense that because, you know, and we'll see a little of that in this book. But, you know, the more that they do all this crazy stuff, uh the more they kind of get pushed away from their peers because they're out like killing yurks and whatever um, and suffering traumas. So it would make sense that as the books go on, they would become more and more isolated. You'd see fewer and fewer side characters, but I, I wish there was more of a progression there. I really like all the scenes because there's a lot in this book too, where it's like, I go home and I'm supposed to be doing my homework, but I didn't because I was out doing bullshit. And now I, my grades are tanking and I'm having nightmares and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I really, I like how much of that is in this book. I, I wish we could see a, you know, a more steady progression of how they get pushed out of their everyday lives. But mm, yeah. Oh, well, well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll be different this time. Maybe it will be different. Um, I, I should, I do want to highlight a little line where when they're describing Melissa and what she looks like, uh, Rachel says that she looks like one of those solemn elves in a Tolkien book. <laughs> All right, hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I have this. I have this too. Oh man. Oh, oh you're ahead of me. Actually, I, I got a few other things. Well, I, I took two oh, yeah, sure. notes. I, I, yeah, I don't. I don't know that because a lot of the the next stuff is just kind of like, oh, intro to Melissa. What's going on here? So any of that stuff in any order, really. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's fair. But yes, um, she, she describes her that way, which I I find interesting. There's another instance of this later in the book, but especially in this instance, mm-hmm. the 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 phrasing of in a Tolkien book. Oh, yeah. really? Which one? <laughs> which one do you mean? Like, uh, just say, why not just say Fellowship Ring too? <laughs> She's talking about Galadriel, I, I assume. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> I just don't know. I don't know. I guess it just sounds, I guess it's, I think the, I, I really, what it is, is for kids who know that they can be like, feel cool. Cause they're like, I know yeah. what book she means. Yeah. yeah. Cause this was before the movies. The Yeah. That's, so yeah. you had to be a nerd to, to read Tolkien books. That's true. And yeah, honestly, like even if you had heard Lord of the Rings, you there's a good chance you probably didn't like 
Tolkien might not mean much to you in this yeah. time. No, I I did not read any Lord of the Rings stuff till after the movies came out. As a kid. I, I was not a Tolkien head. I did read The Hobbit as a kid. Okay. So so I probably did know that name, but I don't remember. All I knew about about Lord of the Rings was I had a, a coloring book when I was a real little kid, like five or six, and it was like a monster's coloring book. So it had all these monsters from fiction, and one of them was Gollum. And so there was like a <laughs> a, a, color, a picture of Gollum in it. It said, you know, oh, here's all the information about what he is and, and what he does. And it was all like from The Hobbit. None of it mentioned any of his stuff in Lord of the Rings. So you had a um, monster manual. Yeah, it was a monster manual coloring book. And I colored Gollum in purple, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's cool as hell. Yeah. Uh, she, Melissa is also described as uh, she, quote, dreams of being the next Shannon Miller. Yes. Who is a, a, an Olympist, Olympic gymnast, I, I believe. I looked her up. It looks like she was like absolutely top tier, like exactly at that time. <laughs> got it yeah they, they removed that reference in the in the new one um i guess for people who don't know they do we say they updated these at a later point i don't know if we're referencing updated versions and no one knows what we're talking about people know who cares sorry yeah whatever i'm rambling <laughs> um and she also there's also a part Fuck that i thought versions. was a slightly uh, bordered on the problematic where also she <laughs> says she's small and thin even though she doesn't oh, yeah. starve herself like some fools who want to get into gymnastics, which I feels know, like I, feel I don't like know if that's problematic. Honestly, I, I think that's there's. I, I don't know if it was handled well, but like mm. I, I, I will say, coming from when I was a kid, I used to compete at climbing, mm. and one thing that was definitely true with climbing is that like it doesn't really matter how strong you are. What matters is your strength to weight ratio. So you can get better by getting stronger or you can get better by getting skinnier. So there was a real problem with, uh, especially with the girls at the high level competitive things where you'd see people shoot up really good, really fast by effectively becoming anorexic. And then, um, and then that just ruins you forever. It's, it, it's not a good idea and you shouldn't do it. I don't think that it's wrong to kind thought, of say like for competitive sports, don't do that. <laughs> I, th I thought I said that climbing talk is banned on this podcast i don't think you said that <laughs> I, okay well going forward i decree it um i think and I, I mean to be clear i, I don't i'm not I, you know i'm not a person who actually is like offended by any of this shit <laughs> right you got an eye for it though <laughs> i've got to but i'll point it out I, I the part that struck me was just that she it's it's maybe you know arguable but she calling them fools could be construed as like saying people who have eating disorders are dumb <laughs> you know what i mean as opposed mm -hmm. to like it's an actual that's like, true disorder that they that is true but i i guess yeah at the context, time i wasn't yeah. like seen and context does matter right because there's the difference between somebody who has an eating disorder because you know we live in a society and they have issues and somebody who has an eating disorder for the practical purpose of becoming a better gymnast which is a real thing that I, I'm sure it must exist because it exists in other sports, especially when you're a teenager and you're highly competitive. Um, yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know. I think that there can be some merit to that, but uh, yeah. maybe. No, it was, it's not, it's by far, it's not the most egregious thing I've seen. Yeah. And, and if you, if you, I guess that's another thing is that it is true. Most people are not reading this from the perspective of, of being like, I want to be a top level athlete, right? 
most people reading this are just kids. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm certainly not. I've never, never yeah. come at anything from that perspective in my life, but never shall. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're a freak. <laughs> you're just a very uncompetitive person. Well, that's not entirely true. <laughs> I wish it were more true. Uh, anyway, uh, let's see. So that so that's good. So we we meet Melissa. We meet Melissa, and we see that something is wrong with Melissa, right? Like they've Rachel and Melissa have kind of been drifting away in the past couple. I don't know if it's weeks or months. It's hard to tell. Probably because they're kids, and time works differently when you're that young. Um, but Melissa is also very distant when Rachel tries to say, Hey, Melissa, we should hang out. She's kind of like, eh. um, <laughs> so, you know, and, and this, I think actually kind of comes back to the Tom thing last, uh, last time, because, you know, Rachel's very, she's, she gets immediately suspicious, right? It's like, why is she acting differently? Why doesn't she want to hang out? Is she a yerk? And <laughs> You know, but on the other hand, she, Melissa also is just like, these are all symptoms of depression, right? She's depressed. She's upset. She doesn't, she's withdrawn. She doesn't want to hang out. So I, I do think, you know, it makes Tom a little more plausible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, these kids are just ruined for life now. Anytime someone acts a little <laughs> weird, they're like, are you a yark? Yeah. Yeah. Could be. You never know. Why don't you want to go to the mall with me? You a yark? <laughs> Rachel, That'll please, be my I new have, shaming method. I have work to do. <laughs> Yerk. All right. Yeah, and uh, next time you don't want to hang out or do something, that's going to be my line. Yeah, I think that's fair. Are you infested or something? It's risky because if they are, then they'll probably kill you. <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. Or or maybe I'll get infested. Oh, ooh, that's a good double. That's a good. Maybe trick. I'm a yerk and I'm trying to figure it out. You know. You can tell me if you're a yerk, you know, I, I, you know, but I, no, I'm not a, you know, from what I, the I'm way I understand it, if you ask someone, if they're a yerk, they have to tell you. Yeah. That's the yerk law <laughs> passed down by the council of 13. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, yeah. We'll get to the council. of thirteen. <laughs> we will. We will. They first show up in this book. Um, after Rachel fails to uh, connect with Melissa so we get a pretty um, bonkers scene for a kid's book, I got to say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Rachel is walking home alone after gymnastics practice. And uh, she gets accosted by some college age guys. And remember, she's 13. It, this would be a kind of egregious for a kid's book anyway, but it's pretty super egregious. Um, and they effectively just straight up try to sexually assault her and or abduct her. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, like it's pretty, it's kind of crazy. I feel like nobody read these books. They just let her <laughs> do whatever she wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. And so as she retaliates by, as as one does. <laughs> Turning into a half elephant. <laughs> That's right. In the dark alley, she turns into an elephant and uh, like, fucking trumpet blast them out of there or whatever i mean i do think that the the reason that this was you know for the time this was probably a late 90s mid to late 90s was definitely mm -hmm. in media like i think you were starting to see more of a like you know and not always executed perhaps as well as it yeah. could have been but a girl power kind of like women can fight now <laughs> you yeah. know i i i like that i don't actually think that this is 
handled all that badly other than the fact that it's heavy for again you know i read these books when i was eight and uh, i was the target audience (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it is it's kind of crazy to to think that that's the demographic of some of the stuff in these books uh but yeah she yeah she turns into an elephant does she like hit them i don't remember she just scare them away i think she just like tries to be like oh yeah you want to go for a ride now but she you know, she honks at him instead because she's got a trumpet and the guy uh, fucking bolts it out of there. Yeah. And then Marco is uh, kind of rightfully so uh, when he hears about this, it's like, uh, like they you you probably shouldn't let people know you're an anamorph. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's actually I don't know. I, I almost have the opposite reaction because she comes back and Jake's like, what's wrong with you? And Marco's like. You know, are you insane? And even Cassie's like, yeah, that was the kind of stupid, Rachel. And, you know, on the one hand, you're right. You shouldn't let people know. But on the other hand, she's getting chased into a dark alley. And it's not, you know, you. it's not like she has like a, a small morph. She's got a eagle and an elephant. So it's not like she could just turn into something small and run away. Mm. You know, I, I, I feel that argument, but it's the conversation's kind of victim blamey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I see how it is. Now you've put me in a corner. I have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't like necessarily blame her in the moment, but it does feel like uh, yet another sign of these kids not being that careful. Like, <laughs> yeah. this, what if it was a yerk, right? They'd be dead. Yeah, they'd be no, screwed. That is true. Uh, it It just, I mean, and again, like it makes sense to bring that up. But it just feels more like, you know, maybe Marco should be like, oh, how stupid can you be? And Jake should be like, well, you know, you got to be more careful. Mm. And Cassie should be like, no, no, I'm with Rachel or something like that. Like Mm, every single person just comes down like, yep, dumb decision to be out walking by yourself, Rachel. Dumb to be doing that. Dumb to turn into an elephant. Even Rachel's like, I made a stupid decision. (laughs) Well, it's representative of what the patriarchy was doing to our children in the 90s. I suppose. I suppose so. (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's realistic (laughs) yeah uh but yeah rachel gets home after she she walks out of the dark alley and she gets picked up by uh by chapman with melissa um who give her a ride home um and it's a little bit spooky chapman does some like you know oh you don't need to give me directions i know where you live type stuff (laughs) yeah i i really like i I think that it was this scene maybe i was referring to but there's some good scenes in anime in these books so far uh with with like hidden knowledge and like Mm -hmm. people have secrets from each other that it kind of it makes me think of this feels like a lame example sorry for using ableist language but uh uh in uh spider-man which one was it no way home or no which one is the home no they all have fucking names i can't remember the first the first but well, the one with michael keaton as the vulture when they're they're driving to the dance and uh you know is that homecoming yeah that sounds right because it's the homecoming dance that's right yeah. and uh i guess i won't spoil it but there's a scene of <laughs> peter parker and and mj I, you don't know she's mj yet. i don't know who doesn't matter anyway that's a good thing i like it <laughs> hope that helped everybody like that yeah <laughs> you really went into yeah you really 
clarified your point there. Well. Everybody liked that. Everyone understands. You managed to weave in and out of getting across the information without spoiling anything. <laughs> yeah, without spoiling this movie that everyone on the fucking planet has seen and no right. one cares if I spoil. Years old. <laughs> I'm just sensitive to this. I like things with, it's like this conversation. I have secrets. You have secrets. Yeah. That's, that's what I, I find that fun. It's good to not know. I, I, that's, listen, that was part of my, part of my issues uh, starting off when, when we were discussing Animorphs and you're like, why can't you describe this series you love? And I'm just like, because so many things I love are things that I want to see you organically react to when we get there. You know, I, I want you to look at the morphing and be like, it's like straight up body horror. You know, that's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, that's what it is. It's good though. Um, yeah. Rachel, I, I I also like in this scene, Rachel's shoes are all ripped up because she didn't take them off before she turned into an elephant. And, and <laughs> Melissa comments on it. And Rachel's like, oh, you know, I, I told you I needed to go to the mall. I could go shopping. <laughs> it's, it's quite good. It's a good good save, I think. Yeah, they, these kids are spending a lot of money on shoes and clothes. <laughs> I think they are. I think they rip a lot of shoes in these books. You got to have some privilege to be an animorph. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, or go to the Goodwill very, very often. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, is this also around the time, or maybe it's a little later, we learned that Rachel uh, has divorced parents? Yeah, um, this is, we might learn it a little later, but this is, we meet Rachel's family when she gets home. So we get to meet her mom, who is a lawyer. Uh, and she, when she gets home, her mom's very busy with law stuff. She's got a brief. She's got a court tomorrow. Uh, so she can't cook tonight. They'll have to get pizza. And this is like a regular occurrence. And her dad's not around here. But yeah, they are divorced. Yeah. And her, her, her she has two sisters, Jordan and Sarah. Yes. Jordan <laughs> is the older and Sarah is the younger. They're both younger than Rachel, though. Yeah. So I, I like that she has some uh, some kind of trauma in her life mm -hmm. <laughs> also. And we will actually next Rachel book. We'll see that explored. We'll see a lot more of her family life. Okay. Uh, so that is, again, this is good. They really do flesh out the the day-to-day -day activities. You know, it's not just, yeah. you know, we're, we're traumatized from slaughtering hork -Bajir. There's also just, my parents are divorced and that makes me feel upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can, you get both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, this is also a part where she, <laughs> uh, you know, you, you keep bringing up some of the awkward, you know, for the kids phrasing. There's a point here because she she calls up Jake on the phone to try to get everybody together so they can meet up and discuss the Melissa issue. And she says, you know, I got I got that new CD. If you listen to it. <laughs> oh, I oh, yeah, I had this, too. I was afraid we missed that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, no. <laughs> That new CD, that. Not, not a, you know, because that's what kids would say. Yeah, the new one. <laughs> that new CD. <laughs> I mean, this oh. is this is tr true. Just the other night, I was in uh, a, a apartment building of another person, and there were two mm. other people I didn't know, like walking down the hallway. And I swear to God, one of them said to the other, "You got to listen to the." To that soundtrack for that video game <laughs> i i swear that was the conversation so you know what maybe that maybe it's real maybe that's how people talk that's how adults talk and <laughs> yeah unless these were children that were yeah cds are cool 
Mm. CD is nuts. Okay. <laughs> what what are what are you doing? What, what are you doing? I, I uh, you know what I am proud of that one actually. All right, great. Now can we get to the cat? Yeah, uh, this is this is where we get to the cat because they decide that they, you know, Melissa has a cat, so they, you know, if they morph into the cat, they can go into Melissa's house and follow Chapman around and maybe see something. So uh, they do a stakeout outside Melissa's house that night to catch the cat so they can morph into it. A um, cat which is named? Which is named Fluffer McKitty. And I got to ask at this point, mm-hmm. <laughs> as listeners know, your Twitter handle that you sometimes go by is Dog Times McGee. That's true. Think, is any any connection here? No. Are you sure? I, subconsciously maybe maybe there's a subconscious thing on the mcgee thing but the the dog times specifically is a reference to a a gun a one gun show comic that wasn't part of an arc and no one remembers Hmm. yeah the (laughs) webcomic gun show i i don't know i i still feel like the the cat version of you is fluffer mckitty that could be (laughs) maybe you're fluffer mckitty (laughs) maybe i am maybe i am i am i am (laughs) So I really like, so they go through this whole process of getting this cat to morph it. Yes. Uh, right. Cause they're, you know, they're, they're like trying to catch it, but it's being a dick. It's scratching them up. It runs up a tree. It's just being a gigantic pain in the ass to catch. And actually I did want to point out that during this time, um, we see Marco being a dick to Tobias again. And I did think that was something that was in the first book where, it really seems like Marco picks on Tobias. Uh, like mm. he he specifically is as, as at his meanest when he's talking to Tobias. I think. Because like there's a point here where he's just like, I don't think I could be friends with someone who eats mice or whatever. So don't go eating <laughs> mice, Tobias. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, my, and everyone my gets mad really hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was pretty. Oh, it was this. Oh, no. There's a later line, a, a really good line about Marco. We'll, we'll get to it. But yeah. Marco okay. again. He's 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 really in top form this book. <laughs> he, he really is. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's anyway. They you know they decide what if we catch a mouse and uh, Rachel morphs into the mouse and then we can lure the cat out of the tree uh, by being a mouse. So uh, they do, except it's a shrew. Whatever. There's a whole big thing about it's not a mouse. It's a shrew. Um, and Rachel morphs into the shrew. She uh, she goes a little crazy with the cr- with the shrew stuff. We've sort of been over this before where they they uh, every time when there's a new morph, especially the little scaredy ones, they go crazy with it. She gets a little bit of a hankering for some maggots. <laughs> I, I have the quote. I wanted to eat those maggots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thinking about those maggots. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the one. Uh but yeah, eventually she gets it together. Uh, she lures the cat out of the tree. This seems a little fucked up and dangerous. Well, it, what I liked about this scene was I feel like this is what it would be if there was an Animorphs uh, point and click adventure game. Mm. It feels like it's like, oh, the cat's in the tree. What do I what do I do? And you have to like search around for it felt very video gamey, just yeah. like, hey, Applegate likes to say. Uh, I enjoyed that. That's that's, that's fun for me. Uh, and now I cannot believe you're you're just going to gloss over mm-hmm. <laughs> the part of this book that unironically 
made me laugh out loud <laughs> for like a minute. <laughs> I I mean, I don't I don't know. I don't remember the last time a book made me laugh out loud. <laughs> wait, wait, which part is this? This is the shrew part. <laughs> and, and Marco says, of course, it's Marco. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> wait yes. a minute. Rachel is going to become a shrew? How will we know when she's changed? How do you become what you already are? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, I have heard you make that exact joke. <laughs> like, a lot. <laughs> All right, well, don't let everyone know how much of a misogynist I am. <laughs> okay, well, I've joined in with that joke a lot as well. <laughs> it's, it, the, just the, I mean, just the audacity of putting that, and then they, they just, like, everyone just ignores him. Like, nobody cares. This doesn't, it's not, it doesn't offend Rachel, really. It's just, they're like, whatever, yeah, Marco. <laughs> this is classic Marco. I thought that was right. fucking hilarious. Marco's I the resident it. troll. You never know what he's going to say next. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, that was, that one really hit me. That was good. It I is it. it is quite good. I kind of, I think I might not have put it in here because I figured you'd bring it up. <laughs> I, that was, I was like, that, this is great. I, I love it. I'm going to uh, That one's a little treat for John. <laughs> That was very funny. Uh, they also, I, I think it's around this time too. They this takes place on. They mention a very specific street name, which again kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of like, is did you, the name yeah. is like Laughlin Street? It's yeah, like Laughlin. Name, I think you wouldn't make that name up. So it's just like, what are you doing, Laughlin Street? Don't don't say a street. What are you doing? Yeah, I, I mean, Chapman knows what street he lives on, but yeah. It, <laughs> Yeah, try to maintain the facade at least. A <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I and now that I understand, you know, it's just a show. I should really just relax. I'll just right. Yeah, I, I won't worry about that too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I still when I was a kid, I worried about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were worried they would get caught. You're like, what that's, are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> it was happening right now. Right, it's <laughs> like you publish. Visser Three is going to read this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man! But uh, yeah, cat comes out of the tree. Though they do get it, <laughs> they they wrestle it into a cat carrier, and Rachel acquires it, and they get slashed the hell up in the process. Yeah, cats now are I I should point out they don't answer this question. Um, Cassie's like, is he at least neutered? And we don't find out. <laughs> no, I don't know that I don't think neutering is part of the DNA. So if if he is, when Rachel later morphs the cat, is, huh. is she walking around with her balls out? <laughs> That's my question. Christ. <laughs> there is that one line I thought was weird where she smells the scent of another cat and, and it says, I wanted to fuck that cat real bad. I thought that was strange for a kid's mm. book. Yeah, that was, but, that was a little bit. Well, she was or, in heat. It, yeah, it was the '90s. Do yeah. male cats get in heat? That just I don't know. Cats? Maybe the cat. I... <laughs> but probably speak, not. Speaking of wanting to fuck cats, um, yes. Continue. <laughs> this this part of the book, I I think there are some furries got awakened here for sure. Hmm. I I really I I. 
I, I believe that this must have happened when uh, she turns into a cat. Yeah. And now she doesn't actually do that immediately, but basically nothing happens. Right? She, she goes, <laughs> yeah. They go home for the, they're like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going home. We get some scenes of her at home again whatever she uh then the next night they come back and turn into a cat okay but, yeah. okay yeah I, I i put them together because like you said nothing happens yeah nothing happens <laughs> there's there's a little bit there that i alluded to that we can uh hop back on but yeah nothing happens That's yeah I, I might i have a few quotes maybe i'll look at but the, but this part yeah she's she's turning into a cat and there's a point where she's basically is a furry that she said she was still mostly human but she has fur on her and whiskers mm -hmm. but everything else quote pretty mm -hmm. much the same and cassie says oh that is cool that is way cool you look great and marco mm -hmm. and jake both nod in agreement oh yeah Mar marco says it's kind of weird but also kind of pretty <laughs> i mean everybody loves cat girls i guess there's <laughs> some furry shit that's all i'm saying there's some furry shit and they spend a lot of time gushing about how cool it is to be a cat like there's like a good you yeah, know, yeah. 10 to 20 pages where nothing happens except rachel talks about how cool it is being a cat <laughs> i bet if you were a, a like especially a younger girl who loved mm -hmm. cats you loved this book that's probably true. I mean, this this book still made an impression on me. Like, uh, I still remember all the time where Cassie says, you know, like, pound for pound, a house cat is one of the fiercest things out there. And that is actually, like, kind of true. Like, there aren't that many. Like, if you want an eight pound non-venomous animal that can fuck your shit up, there aren't a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's true. That's true. Yeah. Th th yeah. Like you said, they do. They spend a lot of time just being like, man, cats are cool. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot yeah, of time. Yeah. <laughs> I had, there were two cats we had when I was growing up and one of them, they were named Bean and Bo. And Bean, who Why was, don't I know about Bean and Bo? I've told you about Bean and Bo. I must have told you about Bean and Bo. <laughs> well, I don't know if you have, but go on. Bo is spelled B-E-A-U, so it's exactly the same as Bean, but you flip the last letter. <laughs> Love it. It's good. Um, but yeah, Bo was always very timid, but his sister, Bean, she got in cat fights every single night. Like she would go, you would hear her howling and screaming, and she fought off all these other we had there was this um like big feral tomcat in our neighborhood. And she would fight this cat. Uh, this cat, like, if you ever saw them going around, you'd see this cat was very dominant everywhere except in our yard. It was like a full-on gang war between Bean and this feral tomcat. <clears throat> Sounds great. I think we tried to catch him once when he got stuck in our garage, but he found a way out before we could get animal control there. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I, I should also mention that one time our neighbors had these, like, big labs. Um you know, so like big dogs, as far as dogs go, uh, like 90 pounds or something. And one time Bean got into a fight with it and she bit it so hard that she broke off her front tooth in that dog and then ran up a tree and we had to get her out. Oh my God. Um, but like Bean was a monster. <laughs> or I'm well, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like. <laughs> was she fixed? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like I, I when when this book talks about cats being like vicious little monsters i always go back and i'm like yep yep <laughs> that was bean all right yeah a hardcore cat yeah i had cats growing up but the worst they ever did was bring dead chipmunks on the porch 
Yeah, our, our cats like to bring live mice into the house to hunt, and then they'd lose them. <laughs> Jesus so Christ. We we got mice because our cats, they didn't Your want to hunt them outside, feral. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't have, these were not domesticated animals. You had wild <laughs> cats. Uh, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. I... <laughs> Oh uh, Jesus! Well, anyway, I can't believe well, you don't remember. I maybe I never mentioned Bean and Bo. Oh, well. You probably didn't because you hate me. You don't want. That's me to, true. That's <laughs> true. You don't want me to enjoy things. <laughs> uh, but yeah. at any rate, they get. Uh, she's a cat. <laughs> she's a cat. They spend a lot of time with her being a cat, uh, and you know, great vision. You know, I perfect grace and poise. You know, muscles like liquid steel, all this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Now, I should say before she goes back, before we we move on too much to what she does when she's a cat, in that in that day in between, um, we do get the nightmare scene, which is kind of I think it's a staple of Animorphs books. Is the the scene where they have nightmares about what they're doing. Mm, okay, fair enough. They're all fully uh, traumatized. They're all fully traumatized. It, I, trauma is a big theme in Animorphs. But yeah, Rachel wakes up screaming. Uh, Jordan like runs into her room and is like, oh my God, what's wrong? You're screaming. And she's screaming because she's uh, dreaming about being a shrew and eating maggots off of a dead cat. Yeah. Yeah. And she goes into the bathroom and throws up. I think so far we're, I'm glad we have a vomit scene in every book. Ooh, so oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little, yeah. More little vomit. Treat for you. More vomit, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I also wanted to say that uh, on on the bus, uh, Jake talks about Rachel looking all shook up or whatever. And, you know, Rachel says, like, oh, do I really look that bad? And Jake immediately rolls it back. Well, I didn't say you look bad. I, <laughs> I just want to, you know, come back to this theme of Jake maybe being, I don't know. It's just inappropriate. I feel. He just thinks his cousin is really pretty. <laughs> Yeah, that's all. That's all. That's all. Nothing wrong. You know, what's the big deal? You know, I also had a line in here from earlier that I didn't say where uh, uh, Rachel says most girls think Marco is really cute. So, yeah, that's I, I don't I don't know. That's the Marco's cute. Apparently, that's what she yeah, says. I mean, I, I do think that <laughs> comes up in the future that Marco is like he's got a lot of self-esteem issues for being short, but like he's he is short in a cute way, uh, but also he's jackass. <laughs> oh, if if there's one thing I've taken away from these books, it's that these are some good looking teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do think throughout the books, Rachel and Marco are kind of flirty, you know, especially mm. for somebody who wants to fuck birds. You know, you'd think. She... <laughs> we definitely get some scenes with Rachel and Tobias, you know, Rachel sticking up for Tobias, Tobias worrying about Rachel yeah 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 no yeah oh yeah that's there's, there's a lot of that in this book yeah not that there's anything wrong with wanting to fuck if you want to fuck a bird you know who am i to say yeah. no you know nothing wrong with, or fish <laughs> if you want to fuck a fish like the fish from fantasia that's also now totally who is acceptable who is the bird to say no that's another question <laughs> that's well, the, consent, the but... bird, i mean the bird's into it he can oh in this case yeah right of course right, yeah right yeah, if if you if there's a bird that is has the mind of a human, you yeah you, you do what you like, go for it. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is there's a part I liked where Tobias sends Rachel a lot of uh, thought speaks mm -hmm. just for her in this book, mm -hmm. 
And she says, Tobias sent me a private message. Yeah, he's <laughs> blowing up her phone. He slipped into her DMs. He's down bad. <laughs> I like that. All right. So she becomes a cat. Let's I, let's get to the meat here because this is yeah. really where the lore comes in. Yes, this is where st- so she sneaks into the Chapman's house. Um, I think this is the first time we also see that she like intentionally doesn't take complete control because she's nervous and the cat is like calm. So she's like, well, just let the cat be calm for me. Um, but anyway, as she's going in, she's, she's watching the Chapman's and they are weird. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, you know, uh, Mr. Chapman is like sitting on the couch, just kind of looking at the wall. Uh, he's not reading, he's not talking, he's not watching TV and Miss Chapman is in the kitchen and she's like cutting up vegetables, but she's not like talking or listening to music or doing anything. They're just kind of like sitting there. Yeah. Um, I think this is a little bit like, I don't, I don't know. Is this how, is this a reasonable way for Yerks to behave? <laughs> yeah. Do they just sit? Are they like, they, they're like hyper intelligent beings. Yeah. <laughs> Like they could be engaged in conversations with the human within the mind or something, but it's just, I don't know. Like I, mm. I feel like we don't see Yerks behave like this in the future on their own. Mm. It is creepy. Like it's a, it is a, creepy. Yeah. It's a, it's a cool moment if you don't examine it too closely. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you know, this idea of something being wrong in Melissa's home, you definitely feel it for sure. Especially like as a kid, you imagine like going downstairs and if your parents are just like staring into space. <laughs> right. Because Melissa's like upstairs working on her math homework or whatever. They bring up yeah. math homework a lot. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, uh, Rachel follows Chapman into the basement um, where he makes his report to Visser 3. I guess he makes like nightly reports or something, which is lucky because uh, she can only hang out in that house for like two hours at a time. So it's a good thing. <laughs> That she's going to catch something. Um, but he goes down there and talks to a hologram of Visser 3. Uh, and th- this, I mean, I stole the greeting they use for the intro. I don't know if you uh, I, appreciated I, that as a listener. Uh, they, they, Yeah, I don't think they did. I don't think they did. But yeah, as he, as he says, what does he say? <laughs> May the Candrona shine and strengthen you. So, all right, I have questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... I is isn't the can the uh-huh. Candrona I from my understanding was was like was sort of just like water or the sun like it's like a nourishing substance but this makes it seem like it's like a religious thing too it sort of is and that's not explored enough but especially in these books like the Candrona is given extreme importance in your culture Okay, um, I, I wasn't. It sounded a little bit like if we were like, "May the calcium strengthen your bones today, my friend." <laughs> it, it's more like, uh, it's more like being a sun worshiper, because candrona uh, rays are specifically emitted by the yerk sun, and when they interact with whatever's in the yerk pool, that's how they feed on them. So the the candronas they have, the portable candronas, basically are just producing these candrona rays that the sun would be producing. Okay. So, yeah, that, that, it's like it's like if you ate vitamin D and and we were sun worshipers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, is that sun worshipers that that brings it all together for me? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't it's not like 
explicitly religious, but there are other books where they kind of bring up like, this is a centrally important part of your culture, whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, Visser 3 is pissed because there's bandits, uh, those Andalite bandits. You got to go find them, Chapman, you know. Um, oh, but I can't find them because they're not doing anything, whatever. Um, but Visser 3 mentions the Council of 13 here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we find out a little bit more about the Yurk power structures, right? The Council of 13 is above the Visser in some way. Uh, and so, you know, he says, you know, I, if the council of 13 finds out about these Andalite bandits, they're going to be mad at me. And if the council's mad at me, then I'm mad at you or whatever. He's, uh, he's being very threatening here. And what, a I mean, I'm sure that we'll get into this later, but it's like what, 13, what a specific number. Just, it just, it sounds cool. It sounds cool, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's a crime. <laughs> like you have to if one of them dies you got to get another one there's always got to be 13 is that kind of a thing like I don't i'm know. not sure uh we will talk about i mean the origins of the council of 13 we we don't know very well um and some details on what that might be might come up in the hork chronicles and the mm. work the closest we get to probing the workings will come up in viscer but yeah i i don't know uh because they Sometimes they die. <laughs> okay. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> 13 is a metaphor for yeah, something. There's also you know, like a secret emperor among them, and none of the 13 know which one it is or something. <laughs> or, or nobody outside the 13 knows. I don't. It's weird. <laughs> Here's a dumb question. Uh, are these are these Yurks speaking English, or does Thought speak like translate Thought. languages? Yeah, so... It's weird because ThoughtSpeak does translate languages. Andalites have their own language with their own words, but when they speak to you because they're psychic, you hear it in your language. But they do say that the hologram thing can't translate ThoughtSpeak and is just translating his ThoughtSpeak into actual words. Um, huh. Oh, right. Chapman yeah. speaks English. So in theory, right, it's speaking English to him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, they whatever. they do speak in other <laughs> other times. Like the Hork-Bajir will speak half uh, half English and half um, whatever galactic standard is. There's a name for it, but I don't remember. Got it. Got it. Well, yeah, I don't know. We'll just say yeah. thought speak magic it's, makes it happen somehow. Yeah, it's it's thought speak. They're psychic. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ra anyway, Visser three spots Rachel as a cat, and you know says. Kill her. That could be an Andalite. Kill it. Um, and Chapman's all, oh, I can't kill it or it'll blow my cover. Um, we get this. This is my favorite bit of lore from these books, uh, to be honest, wow. is Visser 3, his hologram takes a swipe at, at Rachel with his tail. And rather than running away, Rachel hisses and swipes back at him. <laughs> and Visser 3 fucking loves it. <laughs> it's the greatest thing he's like look at this animal even though it's so small and and you know unassuming it's really vicious it's not scared of me at all he loves it and we get another scene later on where where we get to see him just like love cat visser three is a cat person yeah uh, i i yeah. think it's a real missed opportunity that later on when we see visser three in human morph he doesn't just like have a cat that he's stroking <laughs> <laughs> can i just say we stand a cat loving king. Yes, you can say that. We, I, yeah, we, we stand him. I love, I he love did. that he's a, he's a cat person. I think that's 
a fantastic character trait. Yeah, I I wish more was made of it, but I I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> as will I, as will I from this day forward. Now, Visser Three is pretty um pretty Darth Vadery here. Oh yeah, I was. Okay. I mean. I was very, um, well, it feels a little like Chapman is Vader and he's the emperor, but I feel like there's probably an emperor to his Vader. I don't, I mean, I was just, when I was looking at this, like, cause there's, um, you know, when Visser three says, you know, kill the cat, whatever Chapman says, I can't do it because my daughter will find out that I'm a yerk. Uh, and Visser three says, fine, just bring her in an infester. And Chapman brings up that he has a deal, right? Uh, in, in his 226, the Yerk, has a deal with Chapman, the human, where Chapman is a voluntary controller on the condition that Melissa not be infested. Right. And this is, I mean, this is part of the Darth Vader thing, because this is where he, Visser 3 says, effectively, oh. I am altering the deal. <laughs> he does say, yeah, no, he does say that, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty straight up. And he also threatens Chapman, he's like, I'll kill you if you fail me, you know. Um, which we'll get into that in a bit, but it's, it's very Darth Vader esque. Uh, By the way, clearly Visser three is not a study of uh, screenplay writing. He, he has not, he has not read save the cat. Hasn't taken that to heart. He wants to kill the cat. So he has not, he is not a uh, screenplay writer. Cause he's not. He yes, that is true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <laughs> I just I just feel like sometimes Visser three and we'll see more of it needs to get reined in a little bit. You know, <laughs> he's, he's a, a little, little much. This guy He's a little bit too maniacal. You know, this just isn't it's not the best way to run your invasion force. He's not subtle enough for an infiltration. Anyway, um, he to threaten Chapman. He morphs into a uh, Vanarx, yes. and uh, this is a ridiculously horrifying monster. Uh, it's like kind of like an anteater, but for Yorks. It's got a giant tube sucker head uh, mouth, um, and it like puts the tube mouth over your head and sucks the York out of your ear and then eats it alive. <laughs> and he shows a hologram recording of him eating another York that failed him. And also puts his hologram head over Chapman's head and threatens to eat him, you know. Yeah, in it's, person. it's very messed up. <laughs> I mean, he, so he so Visser Three is a cannibal. Yeah, yeah, I I suppose, but only well, okay, only in <laughs> Vanarks mode because we'll talk about your cannibalism later. <laughs> okay, can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, this description of this of the the Yerk Bane, they also call it. Yes, the Yerk Bane. J- just so you know, bad for Yerks. Uh mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty it's pretty disquieting. Yeah. 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 Uh but... even Ms. Chapman is shocked yeah. about this. <laughs> yeah, no, when 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 Innis 226 comes up and, and tells his wife, you know, he's like, oh my god, he morphed a Yerk Bane, his face is white. She's freaking out. She thinks it was just a, a rumor that people told each other to scare them. <laughs> and by the way, the, the last episode I asked about the numbers and you weren't sure mm-hmm. why their names are. It, it seems like they clear that up here. Do they? 
she's at least at least uh, this is how I'm interpreting it. She says mm-hmm. in, when she hears that, she says he used the Van Arks on an Innis of the second century. Now she does. But does that Innis have a number that correlates to the yeah, second it- century? Oh, I guess I was thinking she meant like she would threaten to do it to you, which is and his number is two two six. So I thought like two hundred twenty six, maybe. Because I, th- I thought he ate a yerk with like a one. Did they? I don't remember them actually saying a number for the for the. They one did. The video. They oh, did. They um, let's see if I can. <laughs> let's see if I can find it here because oh, it's very God. important we get all of these names correct. Uh, we wouldn't want to. <laughs> accidentally yeah innis 174 is the one he ate oh maybe it's like a millennium thing where you know they have a mm. <laughs> calendar based on that's, christianity yeah that's true the first century innises would be uh zeros yeah yeah i wonder when the yurk uh but then yeah it still doesn't work because that would how old do yurks get i wonder because uh well i think we it's see, like the year we they see were this leading their number so we must be in oh. at least the 10th century huh yeah okay so maybe i'm wrong but it's, i thought maybe that was the thing i don't know or maybe it's, it seems like it must be related to that it must be somehow when they were born or something it could could well be yeah i don't know we'll fi- <laughs> who knows we'll never know there's no way to know right we'll we'll construct our fan theory and that'll be the correct one and then we'll know if you know don't email us all right. Uh, <laughs> that's that's right. That's right. Well, whatever. He's uh, Chapman basically ends up convincing him not to kill the cat, but uh, yeah, but Visser's still pissed at him and wants those bandits. Uh, Rachel gets out alive. She gets out uncaught, and instead of leaving, having learned whatever, uh, she goes up and comforts Melissa because Melissa is. Uh, very upset that her parents don't love her anymore. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Get over it. Yeah, get get over it. Yeah, no, she she. I I guess she like comes down and is like, help me with my math, and they're like, you need to learn how to do it yourself or whatever. And yeah, like so again, she sits Yorks up, are yeah. stupid. I don't I don't understand this. They're they're bad at pretending to be parents. <laughs> sometimes they are good, and sometimes they aren't. And I don't really know had a whatever <laughs> rachel sits there and gets pet for a while um it's a pretty touching scene and and the whole time tobias is outside yelling at her to get out being like you've been in there for you know an hour and a half you know everybody's worried you know don't get caught as a cat you need to jake is throwing a fit <laughs> yeah they need to shut up yeah yeah just let her get her pets in here you think maybe uh rachel's got a thing for melissa Oh, maybe. Maybe. Could be. Sure. That could be. I'll write a fanfic about that. No, that's okay. a little weird, right? That's it, weird. It's a little, yeah. <laughs> well, it depends on where you go with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to do it. I decided I'm not going to do it. Okay. Okay. That's probably for the best. And is there really, does anything else really happen before she goes back as a cat? No, she just goes back the next night. Um. <laughs> Uh, the only the only thing that's important is that she hasn't she doesn't tell them that she almost got caught. Right. right. She's right. like, I went in there. I heard some stuff. I could hear more stuff. She doesn't tell them. Yeah. I mean, basically, this this book, a huge section of this book, it's like, OK, we go to Chapman's one night and then the next <laughs> night we go back and then the next night we go back. And <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's just little... all Rachel as a cat in his backyard or in it's his a backyard. little repetitive. Uh, it's almost feels like. 
maybe something else should have happened or maybe you just needed to go there once really. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. In terms of like story structure and pacing, it's a little bit like weird, but yeah, for sure. And maybe they just needed to fill out the pages here. Yeah. I did like, I think it's around here cause it's nighttime now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm bringing it back to Marco. <laughs> oh yeah. When Cassie, who, by the way, kind of a nerd, says uh a cat's vision at night is about eight times stronger than a human's Mm -hmm. classic cassie helpfully i looked it up oh good for you cassie uh (laughs) and then marco says eight times not seven or nine how do they measure that i was like that's just that is a thing i would say yeah (laughs) that is the thing you would say i i wonder if you're gonna call out every single marco line of dialogue from every book from (laughs) it really just struck me in this book i was like this is just this is just what i'm like i don't yeah that yeah that is you for sure (laughs) cassie's a little bit of a a mansplainer when it comes to animals yeah that's true (laughs) That's true. That's that's <laughs> correct. All right. So so but then she gets back in the basement and right. uh, this is where I I got I got real pissed off at Jake to be honest with you. Oh, interesting. Uh yeah, so when they first start off they're like Jake can't show up. He's grounded. Um nobody whatever. Rachel goes back in and when they go when she's already in there Jake says, "Hey Rachel, what's up? I morphed a flea. I'm on your back." <laughs> yeah, but and, she, and he scares the shit out of her yeah. and almost blows their cover. That's true. I was like, what and the uh, fuck are you doing? Yeah, and it's, I mean, it is also, uh, when he's a flea, it's, he, and this is consistent throughout the book, he can't, he doesn't have any idea what's going on. He can't see or hear particularly well. So he's kind of, he's like, I, I'll, I better morph so that I'm there with Rachel so I can find out what, you know, because she was acting suspicious last time. And then the whole time he's like, so Rachel, what's happening right now? Yeah, every other <laughs> paragraph. Tell me what just happened. It's like, dude, you're annoying. You're annoying. Cut it out. He's a, he's a little bug. He's got some of that bug brain in him. But this also, and and I, I mean, I cut this a little slack because it's like, okay, I understand that there wouldn't, it would be pretty boring if this was every book, but why it really just seems like this whole operation would have been better if she just turned into a bug instead of a cat. It just seems like you could all you should always just be a bug if you want to spy on someone. In in the future they do start turning into bugs, but bug senses are weird and bad, so they actually mm-hmm. have to like train them. Like there's scenes in later books where you know, it's like, oh, my bug eyes are compound, my bug hearing is more vibration than hearing. I have to like sit around and listen to you talk for a, a couple like two hour morph sessions until I can figure out how the hell I'm supposed to spy on you. Fair enough. And I, I think they do say at the beginning, like our bug sense is even good. Would that work? Yeah. Fuck it. Let's just do the cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess so. I mean, there's other, there's other smaller animals though, that you could be that are mm-hmm. better at sneaking around. I, but you know, it's, she's a yeah, cat. She could try the shrew again, as long as they yeah. catch the real fluffer and keep them away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, the fleas pissed me off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how, how do you feel? You think Jake sucked any of that blood? Because he said he wanted to. Oh, yeah, he did. For sure he did. He had okay. to. He, he, after yeah. a spider, he's like, whatever, this is normal. <laughs> he's yeah. into it. It's fine. Um, I kind of think, also, first of all, another thing during these scenes that I think is, I thought was a little strange is the fact that the Chapman inside, the real Chapman, mm-hmm 
like he can hear and internalize all these secret conversations. Yeah. It doesn't, it just seems like, um, I don't like from the Yurks perspective, if anything ever happened, like he has all their knowledge basically. Uh, and from his perspective of like, I'm doing this to save my daughter. Meanwhile, the whole time you're just listening to them. Like we're closer to killing all humans. Like what, how do you think this is going to (laughs) end? It just seems bad. Yeah. I mean, there's a, listen, uh, war is about compromise. And, and sometimes if you, you have, it's, it's a trolley problem, right? Like (laughs) he's saving Melissa now in the hopes, you know, that who knows something, uh, Maybe they won't succeed. Maybe they will. But right now we can save Melissa. And so that's what I'm going to do because I love my daughter. Um, yeah. 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 yeah I, I think there is definitely some of that. And like I said, when, when we get in into it deeper, there's a lot of like no good choices to be made because if he wasn't a voluntary host, you know, they could still infest him. They could still infest his daughter. Right. They wouldn't be able to use him the way that they are. And we'll talk about that. But it's, you know, um, it, I don't know. I, I don't even know if he's giving up that much. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't want to be. It's not like the dumbest thing ever, but it was just a little just like it just feels like maybe some people should be taking more precautions. But I guess it's just how Yerks work. That's fair. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens later on. If if, for example, a whole bunch of uh, people lose their Yerks all at once. Mm. Uh, where's that one lady where's the lady on the horse where is the lady on the horse (laughs) there there are a lot of stragglers in this book that just like discover it and don't well we'll see we'll see Mm -hmm. we'll see these these questions do at least get addressed to some degree in some ways right okay i don't know if they're addressed well but uh, (laughs) but yeah at any rate, this time the Visser three spots her and is like, well, yeah, that's an Andalite second time in a row. Come on. <laughs> um, yeah. So Chapman grabs her and has to like fight with her and she scratches him up again. Visser three loves it. Visser three loves seeing the cat <laughs> scratch the shit out of his subordinate. That's what he likes. Um, and, and he says, all right. And, and, and he also says, fuck it. This time you're bringing me that Andalite and you're bringing me Melissa. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of that deal get over it so um chapman goes to tell his wife and then uh they both both of their hosts rebel yes yes this concept they introduce here of host rebellion yes that it's possible for the people inside to like fight against the yurks and take control temporarily yes and we saw a bit of it with tom last book Mm, where his eye twitched when he was trying to get jake to join right right right, they really go all out with it here i feel like this is the most host rebellion we'll see in the entire series like (laughs) we'll we'll see other host rebellion but never to this extent yeah right 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 yeah but it's but it is a it's a good concept it's scary and it's a lot of this stuff is very frightening (laughs) Yeah, yeah. No, just like out of nowhere, it's like my own hand slaps my face or I'd like fall to the ground and start like making faces. Just kind of going bonkers. Um, I do. Um, I, I want to criticize these Yerks some more. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you're a Yerky boy. It's your entitlement. <laughs> well, the first thing I thought was funny was during this conversation, uh, Chapman opens it with like, 
uh, I have four new hosts, Visser. Isn't this great? And Visser's like, I don't fucking care about your yeah. hosts. Tell yeah. me, tell me about the Andalites. And then, and then it's like two pages later, he's like, by the way, we need guards. We need more hosts. <laughs> it's like, well, come on. That he opened yeah. with the whole, like, what do you want? Do you have a, what are Visser you doing? three is not known for being a nice boss. He's not a good person to work for. <laughs> he's a bad, he's a bad leader. I think he's, he kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also, Listen, I he, just, again, he's like a Darth Vader. Darth Vader was never a good leader. Darth Vader's at his best when he has a Tarkin to rein him in. Like when yeah. he is just left to his own in empire, he's just killing subordinates left and right. It's not good. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's okay. Yeah, that's part of his character, right? Um, but and then, well, then the next part where when he captures the cat, also, I feel like he, like he knows they understand thought speak exists. They know there are five Andalite rebels. Mm-hmm. Is he not going to assume they have like backup waiting right outside the house, listening for support? Like he thinks yeah. they're not going to know he took this cat. It is a little bit strange that they assume this Andalite is out on its own. Yeah. Like, how stupid do they? I mean, they don't know. They're just kids, so they are pretty stupid. Yeah. But they should assume more intelligence. I don't know. Yeah. No, the only thing they say is Chapman's like, well, what if he morphs back to an Andalite and hits me with his tail? And this is like, well, then just shoot it. It takes like a minute to morph. You got a, a Dracon beam. Yeah, which, by the way, again. They do what? have them. Why why can't they just call it a gun? A handheld Dracon is there a non handheld Dracon beam? Yeah, yeah. They're they're bug fighters. I don't know if we ever They say the bug, bug fighters. fighters. They say yeah, it in but, the book. But yeah, their their fighters have Dracon beams, like mounted big ones. Uh they've got Dracon cannons that they can shoot, you know. <laughs> um and they're and it's a different kind of phaser technology than the Andalites use. The Andalites have some other kind of gun. I don't quite remember the name of it off the top of my head. It just feels a little bit like now I will shoot you with my handheld lead propelling device. Like what do you you don't gotta say what it's made of. Just if call you it- were a gun nut, you you <laughs> would not you would be all you would list off some like name and make and model and a whole bunch of, you know, <laughs> and, and there's a difference between shooting. I mean, I guess if you could say there's a difference between shooting with a pistol and a rifle. And I just said both of those could be different kinds of Drake on beam. So <laughs> I don't know. Drake. Maybe beam. I talked myself into a corner. <laughs> Maybe you did. I, w- I don't know. So you don't have to worry about me. Just the listeners. All 24 <laughs> of them. All 24 to 25 next time, I bet. Because of how good it is. (laughs) Let's, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, um, we do, we do full on see. It feels like the host rebellion here. It feels like in the context of the later series, Chapman and his wife fight back like way harder than anybody else. Like I, Mm. I think they should be valorized for how well they do here. And they do, mm. they do kind of say that like every time I fight them, I'm going to break their spirit a little more and eventually they won't be able to fight anymore. Um, but it's exhausting. And if they time it right, like wait for a PTA meeting and then go uh, crazy, then, you know, maybe they won't necessarily get caught as Yerks, but they're probably not going to keep their position as the head of the sharing because everyone's going to think that they're, uh, I believe they say it's a sign of mental illness in this culture. They do say that. They do say that. Yeah. Which again, 
That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. They're right. They're right. <laughs> you would be ostracized. Well, that's society's fault. Not it's not a. Yeah, they're not. They're not saying true. that's right. That's, that's just how it is. Yurks definitely think that's right. <laughs> yeah, the Yurks are all about that. Do the Yurks know about history? Or are they like, oh, this Hitler guy was pretty cool? Do they study our Visser Three? Uh, there's a. They do get into. I mean, first of all, if if the human they infest studied it, then they know. But uh, mm. there's a little bit where they get into this where um, Visser Three. Some of the Yurks are pretty vigilant about that and think about it. And Visser Three does not. Visser Three does not give a shit. Uh, about any of that he's he's not the guy who should be leading this invasion I'll just... <laughs> yeah i'm getting that sense i'm getting that sense yeah yeah he's just there so that they can have a big screamy guy who turns into monsters but i agree fight. with you that uh chapman especially in this uh final scene is is kind of a badass yeah and i like that so in the first book i thought you know it was a great uh use of you know your principal is evil like mm-hmm. that's a classic like kids book kind of device mm-hmm. you don't like your principal but and but then book two right away now you gotta sympathize with him now all he's like a hero yeah uh, they flip it on you i thought that was a pretty good and fast turnaround animorphs loves doing this animorphs loves taking things that you hate and then making you have sympathy for them uh animorphs loves taking people you love and making them do terrible things like when jake is a flea and he's pissing me off Right, right, like that. <laughs> or or when Cassie decides to be a nerd about animals. I like that. <laughs> it's fine. It's whatever. I it's would fine. I would do that. Yeah, yeah, you would. 100%. Maybe you are Cassie. Um, I don't I am definitely not Cassie. There's also a part here where uh, I mean maybe you should just describe the ending scene so then we can get into Yeah, it. I mean, yeah, sure. Um well, I mean, at this point I, you know, he takes out, he's like, all right, I'm not going to take Melissa. I'm going to see if I can talk sense to him, to Visser 3. Rachel's in a cat carrier and he's taken her out to the car to drive him off to the construction site again. And Melissa comes out and says, where are you taking my cat? And Chapman just kind of ignores her. So they get Tobias to bring the real cat over. And then Chapman gets to lie and say, <laughs> oh, well, this, well, I guess it's the truth. He says, oh, this isn't your cat, honey. Um, but like, there's a whole point where, Ra- where Melissa is pleading with him not to take the cat and he's just ignoring her. And there's a pretty like heartbreaking scene where, where she says, oh, well, if it's, you know, if you weren't taking the cat, why didn't you answer me? And he says, you know, um, oh, well, I just didn't notice you. And she says, well, <laughs> but I was crying. I mean, ah, sorry. It's, it's like, it's really sad for Melissa here. Melissa's got going to have some issues. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up. Yeah, that's rough. It's rough having two Yerk parents. That's rough. Yeah. That's like yeah. if we were your parents. You know, or, earlier on, they actually, when Rachel talks about her parents being divorced, she kind of likens it to this where she says, like, when it first happened, I felt like my parents didn't love me. And eventually I realized that wasn't yeah. true. But like, I, I, I feel like she's, K.A. Applegate is trying to like tie this in these like fears that maybe your parents hate you or don't like you or, yeah. You know, as or I, that you failed them. Uh, you're a fail son. You're 30 years old. You haven't done anything with your life. You know, like that. Uh, that that you got a little too. Oh, okay. Let's go back to the divorced parents. <laughs> you're an Animorphs podcaster instead of. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. 
Woof. Yeah. Sorry, I did a dog morph for a second. That's okay. Morphing's allowed on the podcast. Morphing's allowed. So he. So so yes. But in spite of this trauma, they take her to the construction site and yeah. Then they take her to the construction site, and uh, we get a scene. You were talking about Chapman being a badass. We get a scene, you know, because Vister Three is pissed that they didn't bring Melissa along. And Chapman, the host, asks to speak to Visser 3 directly. So the Yerk releases control so Chapman can talk to Visser 3. And we get a, a pretty badass uh, like speech that he gives. Yeah, that's great. Here. He mm-hmm. rules. Yeah, it's good. He, uh, yeah, he, he can like barely, he can't even stand because he doesn't remember how to stand because he hasn't done it in so long. He can barely speak. But he has this whole thing where he says, you know, Melissa is no threat, but I am. Uh, it's good. <laughs> Stands up to Vista three. Yeah. And I think it's around this time too, that one of them uh, introduces the concept of a Yerk's spawn mate. Do, do you know what that means? <laughs> I don't know what that means. Exactly. There's, uh, he, he says well, something like we're going to, we can replace, or we're going to like replace or we'll put okay. in your daughter, us, one of your spawn mates. Yeah. 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 So I think I brought this up earlier when Yerk's, Three, oh, three Yerks come together, they die, and a whole bunch of little grubs come out of it. So I think it's it's kind of like a brother or sister. You're from the same batch okay. of grubs. Okay. As sure. I assume. I assume that's what that means. Now, what yep. was the number on that Yerk? On the spawn mate Yerk? Because maybe I don't we can know figure out. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they say. I don't have that four, five, five, Okay. that he wants to put into Melissa. Well, that does not square with anything. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Doesn't I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that happens. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's great. Uh, Visser is, I guess, in some degree, moved by Chapman's speech because he lets it go and he says, "Damn, eh, fuck it! I got you. Brought me the Andalite <laughs> Bandit. I'll torture this Andalite. I don't need to do." He's kind of just like, Jesus Christ, I don't want to deal with this shit anymore. <laughs> just <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Yeah, as long as he's got an Andalite, he, <laughs> yeah. can, he can torture the cat. He can find out. Maybe he can even morph it back and infest it. Or I, I don't know that Visser, the, he keeps talking about like putting his lieutenants in the Animorphs' heads, but it feels, to me, it feels like Visser 3 is the kind of guy who really would not want there to be other Andalite controllers. Like he... Mm. He seems like he should, I, I, I don't know, as we get more into it, it, he really feels like both the kind of guy who wants to see every single Andalite with a yerk in their head, not dead, specifically enslaved, but also he seems like the kind of guy who'd want to be the only one. He's a little bit of a snowflake, this guy. Is he? <laughs> how, how so? You know, he's like, oh, look at me, I'm a snowflake. Huh. Yeah, he sure. Want, he wants to be special. Yeah. Why not? (laughs) I need a safe space from the other Andalites. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. You know. (laughs) No, he. uh... (laughs) You've you've done a great job portraying Visser 3 here. Yeah. He loves him. He's a big crybaby. This guy doesn't impress me. He is kind of a crybaby. He's more like Kylo Ren than Darth Vader. Mmm. Mmm. You ask me. Maybe that's why I simp him so hard. <laughs> I would like to see him shirtless in a. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. That would be good. (laughs) Um, So, okay. So let's, so then they save her. Yeah. The the point is that, yeah, Visser, whatever Chapman leaves. Now I should mention, because I don't think we brought it up before. Visser three's got his blade ship here. They've got a blade ship and some bug fighters. And when Visser three showed up in the last, last book too, uh, the first time at the construction site, he had his blade ship, which is just a spaceship that looks like a battle axe. And it's his, uh, you know, it's just like flagship. Reminds me of my wife. Mm, mm, that the old, old battle blade axe. Ship. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like the blade ship. So I think it's important that we bring it up at some point here. Sure. Uh, but he, he takes them on the blade ship. Uh, Jake somehow jumps off of Rachel and then turns into a human, and then turns into a tiger without anyone seeing him. Yeah, that's fine. Sure. I, I guess. Rachel yeah. somehs morphs only her hand so she can reach out and unlock the cage. Yeah, it I feels like that. they don't have that much control over the morphs usually, but no, that was good. Yeah. I like the half morph. It did make me question what happens if you run out the time limit in a half morph. Are you just like a fucked up monster for the rest mm-hmm. of your life? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that next book. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can, we can, yeah. anyway, um, yeah, so whatever. Rachel's out of the cage, but still a cat. And it should be noted, she's got like 10, 15 minutes left before she's stuck as a cat here. The, the yeah, clock yeah. is running out. Um, and Jake is now a tiger and fighting them. And we see that Cassie and Marco have shown up outside and they are running Earth movers into the spaceships. Yeah, can we? I, I, I want to pause here because I don't know if I'm just, if this is weird that I'm the weird one. <laughs> I don't, they use the word earth mover a lot. And mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm like that familiar, like uh, from context, I understood like, oh yeah, it's like a construction vehicle. Like it moves mm-hmm. the earth, but it, I, that's not, I don't know that that's really a phrase that I'm like so familiar with. They use it like it's a very like everyday kind of a thing. The, all the earth movers, like if you just, if you just said to me, like, look, there's an earth mover outside. I think I would be like, huh? Like, I don't know that I know what that is. Off the top yeah. Of I mean, I don't, um, I'm not an expert, but I have heard that term a lot. I, I think it's just a generic catch-all for like heavy-duty construction equipment. Yeah, it makes uh, sense. I just I'm not yeah. a construction guy. I don't, you know. But <laughs> yeah, whereas I am, which is why it's strange. Mm. Well, then you would know. It's probably a very strange thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, but that's not important at all. <laughs> yeah. None. Of, none of that matters. Um, <laughs> whatever it kind of matters because there's like a whole battle sequence um they just say it like eight times earth mover they do yeah uh anyway they they're 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 ramming the earth movers they actually blow up one of the bug fighters by ramming it with construction equipment which seems i don't know i feel like the bug fighters they're sci-fi tech right why why can't they whatever (laughs) like you could probably run over a jet with a piece of construction equipment and and mess it up but I don't know. I, I just, I just don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. all. I just don't know. Um, but they fight their way out and uh, Rachel's trying to figure out where she can morph safely because they're in the middle of all this chaos. Fisher three morphs into a giant rock monster. But it um, wasn't a rock. It's a it rock. was a rock monster. I got to tell you, I, a lot of, Mr. Three's morphs are really cool and interesting, and I loved them as a kid. 
even having reread this book a bunch as an adult, I could not have told you what kind of monster he transforms into here at the end. It's just not <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a rock. It's a big rock guy. He's a big rock guy. Uh, he's got three legs, I guess. <laughs> I got to say, you know, I kind of thought Visser 3 would be like the big boss guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, more like the more like the emperor, but he is more like the, like he does, he show up every book. Uh, yeah. Most every book. Not, so he, I don't know if it's every book, but he shows up most books. Okay. He shows up to turn into a monster or whatever, and then say, I'll get you next time. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, yeah, he is the, I guess it makes sense. He's in charge of the earth project. Yeah. It's, I guess it feels like, don't you have other, there's like a, literally an entire planet. All of your business is just in this town. <laughs> uh, one thing that we might talk about later, but they do actually mention in the first thing is that one of the things that makes humanity so interesting to them is that apparently there are way more humans on Earth than there are aliens on like any of these other planets. Like there are just nowhere near as many Yerks as there are humans or Andalites or Hork-Bajir or Taxons. Somehow humans are just... It it feels a little weird that the like six billion point that we were at it when these books came out is so much higher, but that seems to be part of the issue here is that if the Yerks put every single Yerk into a human being, they would not even come close, which is part of why they're doing the infiltration thing. Mm, which kind of uh, kind of also helps explain why they didn't just like win day one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we'll when we get into Visser, there's a lot of detail about like why didn't they win day one? Why haven't they done a war of conquest? Should they be doing a war of conquest? Uh, but yeah. we'll talk about that a lot when we get to the only book narrated by a Yerk fully. <laughs> um, um, so there's some good there's some good action here. I did like that uh, they also mentioned the Horkbajir and. Rachel has the same thing that I said, where she's like, it's, it's hard to imagine they'd ever been anything but killing machines. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I yeah, that's part of what I love about hork The first, you know, dozen books or so, they really are just like scary monsters. And then much like Chapman, uh, you <laughs> learn who they are. And again, if you don't love hork when we first meet free ones, uh, we won't be friends anymore. So, ooh, I have a, I have a ticket out of here. <laughs> You got, yeah, you won't have to do the podcast. Keep that one in my sleeve. We also, mm-hmm. we get some, we get here taxon speech uh, for the first time, uh, phoneticized. Yes, I think we do. Yeah, this book, this book starts with the phoneticization. Um, um, it becomes a heavy thing throughout the book. Mm-hmm. So we get a little bit of it here. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, well, I just, the quote, uh, the a taxon, mm-hmm. it sounds like, Three shway snurp snurp sweet. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, like a taxon. Shway. Isn't that mm. a isn't that Wayne's shway. world? Shway. Who says shway? That's shway. A, they oh say no, that that's from Batman Beyond. It's from Batman Beyond. <laughs> Wayne's world is swing. Batman mm. Beyond, yeah. Shway is their word for cool. hmm That's a that's, good word. That's we should, pretty yeah. We should bring that back. Shway as hell. Yeah, shway. <laughs> uh, we get a good scene with the taxons too, where uh, uh, you know, Visser Three is like, "How long to lift off? Two minutes? Not long? Or, you know, too long?" And he kills it with his tail. Oh, and yeah. All the other taxons come in and just eat the shit out of him while he's still alive, dying there. Very fucked up. 
Yeah. Yeah. They spend a lot of time describing it. Well, a couple yeah. of paragraphs, which is a lot of time. It's it's gross. It's very <laughs> gross. And then mm. the book ends. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, they're they're all fighting. Uh Tobias flies Rachel to safety out of the middle of the fight, and then they're out of there. They escaped. They did it. You know, the, they both of these books so far really hit you with the climax and then they just peace out of there mm-hmm. all <laughs> big, done big battle and it's like all right book's over what else do you want buy the next one i feel like that happens a lot uh like big moment and then like maybe a three-page final chapter that just sums everything up yeah yeah as as tobias says there will be a next time until there will the andalites return mm-hmm. now rachel at the end here uh, does a thing where she leaves Melissa a little note. Uh, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. She types it out. She doesn't want her to know who it was. So instead of writing it by hand, she types it out on her word processor. Uh, you know, that's what we called them back in the 90s. Uh, but she says, uh, Melissa, your father loves you more than you will ever know and more than he can ever show you. Signed, someone who knows. <laughs> now, if I'm Melissa, I'm calling the police. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's sweet? No, I'm you like, think this, it's this touching. is a stalker. Who could even know about this? This is fucked up. I don't, it's like, I imagine it's it's written with like cut out magazine letters. <laughs> this is, this is a boundary crossing right here to me, but. Yeah, yeah, no. And it's also one of those things where, again, at some point they got to get caught doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's their they're pretty careless but uh but that's the book basically that's the book that's it we and uh yeah i i enjoyed book number two now last week we uh forgot to rate the book oh (laughs) yeah are we doing that i i don't do even want to it's now it feels stupid it was one of our ideas originally yeah i I don't think we need to rate them (laughs) no i don't even know what i it would be meaningless i don't even know how to rate them honestly (laughs) yeah no i don't know (laughs) I definitely enjoy it a little more than I did when I was a kid, for sure. It's, I don't know, I I appreciate some of the more touching scenes with with Chapman and some of the character interactions. And I think as a kid, I just kind of took those for granted as like, throw that more on the pile of characters talking to each other. But like, (laughs) what actually happens in the book? She turns into a cat and goes into the house and and the final battle scene kind of sucks. They just, they show up, they fight, they leave. Not that much. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I liked it, and uh, I thought there was yeah. a lot of good, like, developments. You know, it didn't yeah. feel like it's just, oh, another adventure. It's mm-hmm. it's like you learn about the host rebellion. You you learn a lot more about, like, oh, how does he talk to Visser 3? And, and you learn about, you know, Melissa and the Chapmans. You know, there's some interesting yeah. new stuff there. They set up the Candrona as kind of a prize, too, in this one. This idea of, like, what are we going to do to hurt them? Well, maybe if we destroy their Candrona, you know. Hmm. Right, right. Destroy their Candrona. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That sounds like a delicious cough drink. Yeah. You want a diet Candrona? A Canadrona? Uh, <laughs> a Canadrona, that could be it. Uh, you want to hear the pop culture rundown? I do. I'm very excited for the pop culture. Uh, so we touched on a, a few of them now. Uh, two times in the book, uh, somebody says, who are you, Spider-Man? Mm-hmm. And, and the other time, someone says, Jake can be Spider-Man and catch us. Now, both times... Yep. <laughs> 
I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is no hyphen mm-hmm. in the name Spider-Man, which of course listeners will, uh, I think, know there, there <laughs> is course. a hyphen. They're supposed to have a hyphen in Spider-Man. Yeah, everybody knows this. <laughs> That's very important. That's part of the thing. I brought up Spider-Man earlier in this episode. We didn't even think about that, the reference. And uh, I just, and I, I have to say, point to the point to the new additions they added the hyphen in the 2011 versions wow (laughs) so i think those are maybe the definitive versions now for me i maybe these kids just didn't know i mean remember this is written from rachel's perspective marco maybe marco would have put the dash in if he read a marco book and he says spider-man maybe maybe uh we'll see if it comes up again later uh i also marco once again brings up david letterman says i could be an entire mm-hmm. episode of stupid petrix by myself i don't i don't know that 13 year olds were that excited about david letterman marco <laughs> is marco <laughs> loves letterman this is not the last time he's going to talk about being on letterman <laughs> okay. maybe the rest of it again I, I don't know this feels kind of like a you thing i i don't know if you were into Letterman at 13, but it wouldn't shock me to learn that. Well, I, I was a Conan kid. I mm. loved Conan. So which, <laughs> you know, so if I had no, I think if I had known more about Letterman as a kid, I probably would have liked him. But uh, so there you go. I, it's uh, I guess uh, maybe uh, there was another. This was a uh, someone says my arms looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger's only gray. I guess I don't know what they were talking about i just wrote these quotes out of context um mm-hmm. this one this one i liked they asked something about like a uh, cat versus mouse and someone says haven't yes. you ever seen itchy and scratchy yeah cassie says cassie says that which is weird seems <laughs> weird that cassie would be referenced I, I feel like cassie's more of a tom and jerry she's not watching well, the simpsons is she well i you know what we'll talk about it. you I'm may be but what's weird about it to me is that they reference it as if itchy and scratchy yes. is its own show Yes, that is weird. <laughs> you wouldn't say like, "Did you watch Itchy and Scratchy?" <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you would say Tom and Jerry. Like that would that would make more sense. Yeah. Um, Marco referenced Morris the cat, which they removed later because no one knows who that is anymore. But was a mascot for Nine Lives or something. Sure. Uh, I don't know who Morris the cat is. Yeah, I think he's maybe the one that's saying "meow mix, meow mix." Please. Oh, okay, okay. Or, or something i don't know um this was another one again similar to the like that tolkien book so they referenced those old cowboy movies with clint eastwood like Mm -hmm. just just say the good the bad and the ugly you know just just say that i think they don't know they saw half of it on tv one time (laughs) all right sure they're kids um another reference to doors on star trek uh more comic books there's another this is another thing that you want us all to wear blue with a big number four on our chests? Become the Fantastic Four, he adds, in case you didn't know what the four meant. Yeah. He says it. Um, this is the second Fantastic Four reference in two books in a row. Fantastic Four, uh, I guess like Tolkien, in 1996, like no one knew, unless you were a comic book nerd, which I guess Marco is. So I guess it's, I guess he you references can justify it. Like, you know, there wasn't a movie, there wasn't a cartoon like X-Men had. It was like a fairly obscure reference, really, at that time, I think. 
But so I don't know. I just think that's interesting. I, yeah, I couldn't tell you because I was not a comics kid. I do think Marco also references um, the death of Superman. He does. He does. Yeah. They killed Superman that time, he says. So that's it. And, he, and he, another X-Men reference. He, they, it's like mm-hmm. they say X-Men. And uh, there's also a, there's also another Godzilla reference. <laughs> Lots of got Yeah. So this is good. Yeah. I'm glad we've got we've got kind of a we've got our staples. We've got our, our <laughs> X-Men. We've got our Godzilla. We've got our uh, Letterman. Star Trek Letterman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We can get these every single time. <laughs> there's some, we're noticing some patterns there. So that's that's all. That's all fun. Right, and right. Good. No Xena yet. No Xena yet. No, mm. no, we'll, well, we'll get there. Uh, also there, and one more quote, I, I, this was from earlier, but I, I want to bring it back to Marco. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Because Rachel says Marco can be obnoxious, but on the other hand, he can make you laugh right when you really need to. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just feel like, Maybe that's the the service our podcast can provide. Maybe it is. I don't know that it can. <laughs> it, yeah. Marco it, brings his A game. What can it, I say? It could. A good Marco book. <laughs> My favorite Marco book so far is this one. <laughs> uh, good old Marco. Well, yeah, no, and he's not too bad about, you know, obnoxiously not wanting to be in the Animorphs right now. Like, and part of it's because they didn't do anything. You know, he just has to hang out outside while Rachel's a cat in there. And then yeah. eventually he has to save her. So I guess he has to. But. Yeah. Well, we managed to once again make this a two hour podcast. Yes, we have. I don't know how we did it. I don't know if this is going to be every episode. I really it, thought it would be shorter. It might be every episode. I did too. But well, I mean, who knows? There's we, still we thought a lot we of had more time work. to fuck around is the problem. I know. It's I shouldn't have talked about that fucking Polygon article. Yeah, that was a waste of at least half an hour. <laughs> uh, but it is what it is. But we're we're done. We're done now. We're done now. Uh, we are. But but yeah. we do want to remind people that uh, we have an email address. If you have questions or comments, I don't know what your That's questions true. would be. <laughs> it's more if you want to complain about like the stupid <laughs> things I say. Why is your podcast so bad? <laughs> Why doesn't he? It's just a book, dude. Shut up. <laughs> Stop complaining that it doesn't make sense. It was written for kids. I don't think any of those people got this far. <laughs> no, the, the people who hate it are the ones who are going to listen the most. Okay. Perfect. You're wrong. Anyway, yeah, we should make it worse. You, you can email us uh, the Yerky boys at gmail.com. Yes. And, uh, you know, as we said last time, if you put spoilers in there, say so in the title. Yeah. So that we know not to show it to John. That's right. So that we know. But if you're and if you're one of our 24 listeners, God bless you. May the Candrona rays shine upon you. And uh, that's thank you for doing that. Yeah, we love you. (laughs) We love you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Where where can people find your other projects? Right. right. I I was like, I forgot about that part. Yeah. 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 Yeah, You can follow me at Quince on Twitter. Uh, or find my other stuff at jonathanessis.com. Hooray. Uh, and if you wanted to, you could follow me at dogtimesmcgee on Twitter, uh, as long as Twitter still exists. We'll see uh-huh. how long Musk keeps that going. <laughs> I think, you know what? I think Musk might be a controller. Hmm. Well, well, you know, we'll, 
there's good stuff coming up in these fucks. So let me just say, put it that way. <laughs> All right. All right. Let me just put it that way. Um, little tease. A little bit of a tease. But thanks everyone for listening. Tune in next time when we'll be discussing book three, The Encounter, in which Tobias turns into a hawk. I'm the Yerky Boys. Mm-hmm.